here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. There's a lot swirling around around us, but I want to talk about this debt and this spending, and explain how immoral what the Democrats and the left and the rhinos like Susan Collins are doing to your children and your grandchildren in this country. We'll get to the other stuff. But this battle is not just over facts and not just over finances. That would be enough. But it's over morality. Can we simultaneously love our children but betray their generation and generations yet to come? Among the least acknowledged facts of American modernity is the extent to which parents acting in their own familial capacity naturally guard their young children from threat and peril to the point of risking their own physical and economic security in extreme cases. But when acting as part of the political and governing community, and this is particularly the people on the left, that is the ruling generation, many of these same parents wittingly and unwittingly Joined with other parents in tolerating, if not enthusiastically championing, disadvantageous and even grievous public policies that jeopardize not only their children's future, but the welfare of successive generations. Their accepted norms of behavior, a moral order, born of experience and knowledge, instinct and faith, teaching and reason and love and passion, that provide definition for and boundaries between right and wrong, good and evil, fairness and injustice, applicable to families and societies alike. So a harmony of virtuous interests informed by tried and true traditions, customs, values, and institutions, and cultivated within families and the larger community, preserves and improves the human condition. One individual at a time, one generation to the next. Broadly speaking, this is the civil society. 
Edmund Burke, a great political thinker who was born in Ireland and moved to England, where he became a prominent statesman in the 18th century, explained that the civil society relies on an intergenerational continuum of the past, the living, and the unborn. He wrote that as the end of such a partnership cannot be obtained in many generations, it becomes a partnership not only between those who are living, but between those who are dead and those hard to be born. In fact, Burke went further, warning that those who forsake the intergenerational continuum condemn themselves, their children, and future generations to a grim existence. Here's what he said. One of the first and most leading principles on which the commonwealth and the laws are consecrated is less the temporary possessors and life renters in it, unmindful of what they have received from their ancestors or what is due to their posterity, should act as if they were the entire masters, that they should not think it among their rights to cut off the entail or commit waste on the inheritance by destroying at their pleasure the whole original fabric of society, hazarding to leave to those who come after them a ruin, a ruin instead of a habitation, and teaching these successors as little to respect their contrivances if they had themselves respected the institutions of their forefathers. In other words, the arrogance of an existing generation that would ignore past generations and destroy future generations because they claim to be the masters of the world. To embrace the moral order as parents nurturing their children yet to abandon that moral order as a member of the ruling generation, thereby contributing to predictably deleterious public policies with prospectively calamitous outcomes is a decadence that leads to unstable and potentially oppressive or even tyrannical conditions, which in the end degrade and disassemble the civil society and consume their children's generation and generations beyond. Reformation and recovery may be possible, but difficult and complicated, and typically only after the exaction of an enormous human toll. It's true. Before Burke, Charles de Montesquieu, a French philosopher whose life predated the American Revolution, but who was hugely influential on the Constitution's framers, also wrote of the disastrous aftermath of a civil society's abandonment. He said, When that virtue ceases, ambition enters those hearts, then can admit it, and avarice enters them all. Desires change their objects. That which one used to love, one loves no longer. One was free under the laws, one wants to be free against them. Each citizen is like a slave who has escaped from his master's house. What was a maxim is now called severity. What was a rule is now called constraint. What was vigilance is now called fear. There, frugality, not the desire to possess, is avarice. Formerly the goods of individuals made up the public treasury. The public treasury has now become the patrimony of the individuals. The republic is a cast-off husk. And its strength is no more than the power of a few citizens and the license of all. In modern America, 
The unraveling of the civil society has been subtly persistent, but is now intensifying. Evidence of rising utopian statism, the allure of political demagogues and self-appointed masterminds, peddling abstractions and fantasies in pursuit of a non-existence paradisical society, and the concomitant accretion of governmental power in an increasingly authoritarian and centralized federal leviathan. It abounds. The ruling generation's governing policies are already forecast to diminish the quality of life of future generations. Among other things, witness the massive welfare and entitlement state, which is concurrently expanding and imploding, and the brazen abandonment of constitutional firewalls and governing limitations. If not appropriate and expeditiously ameliorated, the effects will be dire, and the ruling generation knows it. It is past time and therefore imperative that the ruling generation, our generation, acquaints itself with James Madison's uncomplicated cautionary insight, written to bolster the proposed Constitution's ratification at the state convention. I'm talking about Federalist 51. Madison explained the essential balance between the civil society and governmental restraint. He said, but what is government itself but the greatest of all reflections of human nature? If men were angels, no government would be necessary. If angels were to govern men, neither external nor internal controls on government would be necessary. In framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this. You must first enable the government to control the governed, and in the next place, oblige it to control itself. However, why do so many loving parents, as part of the ruling generation, abandon the civil society for the growing tyranny of a voracious central government that steals their children's future, thus condemning their own children and unborn generations to a dangerously precarious and unstable environment, despite a large majority acknowledging the national decline for which the blame, they blame politicians? There are a number of possibilities. For example, language itself can contribute to the problem. The words generation and ruling generation and future generations can be imprecise and for some elusive. They can be thought of as merely theoretical and conceptual or an unreality. So the growth of numerous offshoots intended to provide context and clarification, baby boomers, Generation X, millennials, Generation Z, etc., Nonetheless, despite inexact nomenclature, there are differences relating to various age groups, some big, others inconsequential, just as there are similarities in shared interests. The psychology also makes it easier for parents, talking about general, generalized groups and generations, to downplay or ignore the longer-term and broader ruinous effects of contemporary public policies and reject any role, any role on themselves or responsibility in contributing to them. It is a contradiction that usually originates with governing elites and statists who relentlessly reinforce and encourage it. They self-righteously advocate public policies that oblige future generations' labor and resources to their own real and perceived benefit, empowering governmental abuse via social engineering and economic depredation. 
They disguise the delinquency as compassionate and premised on good intentions, often insisting their objectives will improve the prospects of those most severely burdened by them, the children. And the mastermind's tactics are disarming, if not seductive. Where the utopianism is advanced through gradualism, it can deceive an unsuspecting population, which is largely content and passive. It is sold as reforming and improving the existing society's imperfections and weaknesses without imperiling its basic nature. And under these conditions, it is mostly ignored, dismissed, or tolerated. But much of the citizenry, uh, 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 by much of the citizenry, and celebrated by some. Transformation is deemed innocuous, well-intentioned, perhaps constructive, but not a dangerous trespass on fundamental liberties. Many in the ruling generation have themselves become entrapped in economically unsustainable governmental schemes in which they are beneficiaries and reliant on public programs such as unfunded entitlements to which they have contributed significantly into supposed trust funds and around which they have organized their retirement years. They also find self-deluding solace in the politically expedient and deceitful representations by the ruling class, which dismisses evidence of its own diversion and depletion of trust funds and its overall maladministration as the invention of doomsayers and scaremongers. What parents and the ruling generation owe their children and generations afar are the rebirth of a vibrant civil society and the restoration of vigorous constitutional republic, along with the essential and simultaneous diminution of the federal government's sweeping and expanding scope of power and its subsequent containment. If the ruling generation fails this admittedly complicated but central task, which grows ever more difficult and urgent with the passage of time and the federal leviathan's hardline entrenchment, then the very essence of the American experiment will not survive. As such, it can and will be rightly said that this ruling generation, we betrayed our posterity. We betrayed our posterity. This is in the first chapter, and it goes on, of plunder and deceit. First chapter, plunder and deceit. Why did I read that? Because it relates to this battle over spending and borrowing and raising the debt ceiling. The Republicans who joined the Democrats in passing that omnibus bill declared war on your children, your grandchildren, and future generations. They knew that they were adding at least another trillion dollars to the national debt which is now $31.5 trillion. It is virtually impossible for your children and grandchildren to dig out from under this debt. It will be burdening them the rest of their lives. The interest rates, the lack of capital, the lack of economic progress, impoverishment. That is what this battle is for and against. The Republicans in the House have said they are going to stand up to what the Senate have done. They're going to stand up to Biden and the Democrats. They are going to stand up to the American Marxists and their surrogates. And they do so 
to save the country and to save your family and your children and your children's children. That's what this battle is about. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Over the spending limit, the debt limit, is a battle over morality. It's a battle over the civil society. We can't just ignore this anymore or rub our hands, or scratch our heads, or whine about it. The laws of economics apply to the United States. They apply to our treasury. They apply to our currency. They apply to your children and your grandchildren and generations yet born. We are literally stealing money from the future. Money that hasn't even been earned yet. Hasn't even been created yet we're redistributing wealth that does not exist so the democrat party could rearrange our society so the democrat party could destroy our country and the susan collinses and the others who go along with them the mitch mcconnell's who would go along with them so this is a morality battle if you've saved at least one hundred thousand dollars for retirement Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Today, ladies and gentlemen, even though the Constitution talks about a limited federal government, Today, the private sector 
serves the policy, political, and economic demands of the government, of the politicians. That's what the tax code is about. That's what the expansion of the Internal Revenue Service is about. That these decisions are being made, especially by the Democrats and the McConnellites, so that you serve their interests, you serve their politics, you serve their re-election efforts. You fund some bridge in Podunk, wherever. The reason they have earmarks, over 4,000 of them, is to feather bed their election opportunities. You are the servants of the federal bureaucracy. How dare you close them down or cut their budgets or limit their salaries? You are the servants of this massive, ubiquitous Leviathan. Whether you like it or not, they pass a spending bill called an omnibus bill in violation of their own traditional procedures, not one bill at a time covering a few subjects at a time, but it is so massive they know that you won't read it, and it's so massive they know that they won't read it. It doesn't matter what they know, what Mitch McConnell knows, what the Democrats know, what Joe Biden knows, what Susan Collins knows, what they all know is that it is a drain of your private resources, your intellectual and physical labor from you and your family to them. And just like Marxists, and I include the Republicans, they camouflage their abuse of your income with promises and in self-righteousness. Whether it's class warfare, whether it's racism or ageism or any other ism. The private sector now exists as the tool of the government. You can buy things if they say you can buy things. Gas, combustion engine cars, they don't want you buying that anymore. Soon it will be gas stoves. Soon it will be far more as they monitor how much you drive. So you can pay taxes to them on the amount you drive. Obama used to say, you couldn't really be on your own without roads and tunnels and so forth, so you need government. Because Obama was an idiot, still is. Even the great Adam Smith, when he wrote Wealth of Nations in 1776, he talked about a minimum level of taxation for such things as infrastructure and cohesion in the civil society, but not redistribution of wealth, not confiscatory taxation. And when it comes to a decision between you and the government, the government wins. 
you are simply an individual, a selfish individual who has enough. What are you complaining about? Just keep working so that you can subsidize their agenda and you can subsidize their activists and you can subsidize their voters. So the private sector exists to serve the government. And so here we are again at a point where some people are raising concerns about the fact that we can't keep raising the debt ceiling to pay for these outrageous budgets. And these budgets are passed in violation of the constitutional system that was intended by the framers. These budgets are passed so you can't know what's in them. Or the people who vote for them don't know what's in them. They just know there's a lot of money and they want some of it. And that comes out of your grocery bills. That comes out of your clothing bills, your heating bills. That comes out of your bills when you purchase any kind of equipment. Or anything for that matter. It's called inflation. There's something called modern monetary policy. It's utterly and completely made up. Something that Bernie Sanders talks about and Mitch McConnell obviously believes in. He's been in the leadership 20 years. He's been the Republican leader in the Senate for 16 years. He hasn't fought spending in any significant way. He's not joining the House Republicans. The House Republicans are fighting Mitch McConnell, as well as the Democrats, and 18 of his tax and spend liberal Republicans, because let's be clear, you've got almost half of the Senate Republicans who are tax and spend liberals, as Reagan would call them. Tax and spend liberals. Murkowski. Romney. Portman. McConnell. Cornyn. Collins. Tillis. Sullivan. And the list goes on and on and on. Used to be said, you know, I'm not a, I'm a social liberal, but a fiscal conservative. Remember that crowd? Remember that crowd? They're not even fiscal conservatives. Because they're not conservatives. At all. This isn't an intellectual debate. This isn't an analytical debate. As I started the program, this is a moral debate. These politicians are abusing your family. They are abusing your children and your grandchildren. They are destroying the future of America. They are spending money today that does not exist. That's why they have to increase the debt limit. They are passing omnibus bills so you don't know what's in it. You don't know what's in it. And it's going to come crashing down when the bills come due on the heads of your little babies and your grandchildren and generations yet born. They are spending wealth that has not been created. They are borrowing money without a creditor. They're just printing it. 
And they make their promises. Oh, climate change and all the rest of it. It's heresy. It's what it is. It's a sin, what they're doing. It's immoral, what they're doing. Just as they brainwash your children in the classrooms on sexuality. They hate your family. To attack your faith. To promote racism. To have contempt for capitalism. As they take over the the raising of your children. And they often do it in secret. These are the people who are in charge. And many of them are Republicans. Many of them are Republicans. I've spent, how long, Rich? 20 years, at least 15 years, fighting this McConnell, exposing this McConnell. When most of my colleagues in this business wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. Most of my colleagues in this business, not all, but too damn many, are followers. They don't really think for themselves. TV, radio, whatever. They want to be called conservatives, most of them, or populists, or nationalists, or God knows what. But they don't lead, they don't fight, in my humble opinion. No offense, just is what it is. You have some young guys out there with a couple of columns who really think they're cool. Same thing. They don't lead. They're not that sharp or wise. What they write is mundane. But this is a battle we're in now. And I would ask them to really sharpen their thinking. To really sharpen their thinking. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Fine just spoke on the document scandal. We'll be getting to that next hour. We should have some audio. Also, uh, CNN does its usual lousy job of reporting. 
goes into my interview of uh, President Donald Trump. And among other things, it says that when Trump says they were negotiating over the documents, they were doing fine, and then they criminalized it. CNN and uh, two professors said that it's not a matter of negotiation. That's not what the Presidential Records Act say. Presidential Records Act says that these documents belong to the government. They missed the point completely, but you would expect them to, because after all, it is CNN, the constipated news network. After every administration, things don't go as cleanly as some would have you expect or suspect. Look at Joe Biden. For six years, he had Obama administration documents. Look at Obama. He took 30 million pages of documents with him to a warehouse that had been a former furniture store, uh, despite the fact that a National Archives said that they took control of them. But initially, they didn't. Or look at the other presidents. Clinton. The secretaries of state, Hillary Clinton. And I could go on and on and on. Some presidents actually think that some of the materials belong to them. And so you have a negotiation process or what have you. So it's not a matter of it being in the law. It's the way it plays out over time. There are discussions about where to put the documents and... Should they be in the library, the presidential library? Should they be somewhere else? Should the National Archives put it in its massive warehouse somewhere in Maryland or whatever? They usually build skiffs for presidents. CNN didn't ask that for former presidents. Why did the National Archives refuse to do that in Trump's case? Because former presidents have a right to have access to classified information, ladies and gentlemen, not vice presidents. But they refuse to build a skiff. For Donald Trump. Why is that? We learned that from Jim Trusty last Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, making it more difficult, of course, for, for Trump to even look at classified material. So they set him up. I don't care what two bonehead, moronic professors have to say. This isn't a clown show. This is real life. Allison Camerata to White House economic advisor. Cecilia Rouse on CNN today. Cut to go. Is there any way for President Biden to raise the ceiling without Congress? You know, this is a Congress's responsibility. These are bills that were passed by Congress, and it is Congress's responsibility and obligation to raise the debt ceiling. What kind of a question is that? Does Alison Camerata not know that tax and spending bills come out of the House of Representatives? And that the president isn't an emperor who has the power to raise the debt limit himself? As for Cecilia Rouse, she says this is Congress's responsibility. It came out of Congress. Let's be very, very clear about this. This is the responsibility of the Democrats who control the House prior, prior to the seating of the Republicans as the majority. And it is the responsibility of the Democrats in the Senate, and it is the responsibility of 18 or 19 Republicans in the Senate, led by Mitch McConnell. They did this to America. They put America in this position. They knew they were going to put America in this position, and they did it anyway. And they're daring the Republican majority to stop them. They did something that's never been done before with the help of Mitch McConnell, and his friendly, big liberal spending Republicans. 
they passed a spending bill for 2023 with massive borrowing, which necessitates an increase in the debt ceiling after an election occurred when they knew the Republicans would be in control of the House. But it's the Republicans' fault when they didn't even have power in the House, you understand, because they don't want to go along. They don't want to go along. Now, there's an easy way to fix this, cut spending. But McConnell refuses. Biden refuses. Schumer refuses. So should there be any damage done, it's on them. Now, I know the lying, corrupt, radical left scumbags who call themselves journalists out there. I know they'll carry the water. They'll carry the water for their friends in Washington because that's what they do. There's very few honest among them. In fact, fewer and fewer by the day. And when you have lame brains like Allison Camerata, uh, is there any way for the president to raise the ceiling without Congress? That would be very cool, you know. Hey, moron, do you understand your children and grandchildren are going to be affected by this? No, she doesn't care. This isn't immoral to them. Power could never be immoral. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. So everybody's busting on this Corinne... What the hell's her name? I don't even know her. Jean-Pierre... Karine Jean-Pierre. Everybody's busting on her. CNN's going after her. Everybody's going after her. They seem to be disappointed that she's not as good a law as a liar as Pasaki. Pasaki was, well, one of the most fabulous serial liars ever. Maybe they can bring this Admiral Kirby back. He's a pretty damn good liar, too. Corinne doesn't have it. She... She keeps referring people to one agency or department after another that keeps referring them to another department or agency. <laughs> hey, we have an idea. Just keep referring one to the other. But Corinne is, is now the target. The target should be Joe Biden. Just like Hunter Biden's the target. The target should be Joe Biden. Joe Biden has created the Biden criminal family that is the Biden crime family this woman Corinne she's having difficulty lying straight out but she's having to lie straight out or having difficulty because Joe Biden's a liar let's just be clear about this 
These are just people thrown under the bus. It's like, oh, the Hunter Biden investigation's over. And I don't no, no, it's the Joe Biden investigation. And the reason this Corinne doesn't know what to say is obviously because they're not telling her. Because even the lawyers don't know what the hell Bubblehead has done. Joe Biden, just a little while ago, and we have the audio, was asked by a reporter in California about the documents. Let's play it, Mr. Producer. Go. You know, the only I, I will answer the question, but here's the deal. You know, what quite frankly bugs me is that we have a serious problem here we're talking about. We're talking about what's going on, and the American people don't quite understand why you don't ask me questions about that. But having said that, what's your question? Hang on, okay? Look. As we found, uh, we found a handful of documents were failed of or filed in the wrong place. We immediately turned them over to the archives of the Justice Department. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. Wow. He's such a jackass. He's such a low-class hack. The idea that he's anywhere near the White House is just a shocking, a shocking stain on the American political system. He has no regrets. Did you hear that? He has no regrets. This family is bought and paid for by one foreign entity after another, and it needs to be determined what the hell's going on. It needs to be determined. And the cover-up is in full force. That's what it is. It's a cover-up. It's been a cover-up. And if there hadn't been a leak by one of the people in the Biden circle to the CBS two Mondays ago, you still wouldn't know about it, but they understood the Republicans in the House were going to conduct an investigation. And they wanted to be able to say, oh, we've been transparent when in fact they've been covering this up. If Joe Biden knew that he had any classified documents in any of his locations, which he surely must have, then for six years he covered it up. For six years the National Archives failed to do its job and in the end lied about it. That's the bottom line. Biden classified document investigation. David Spunt, Timothy H.J. Narosi, Fox News, Secret Service ready to provide Delaware visitors, source says that will be of limited use because they can't get them all. But we already saw pictures of Hunter Biden in his daddy's Corvette. Look, Hunter Biden had the run of the place. Hunter Biden had the run of the place. Nobody has the run of Mar-a-Lago, let alone the area in which the documents were kept. 
try as they might with the phony law professors and the phony hosts and the phony guests, try as they might to make Trump look worse than Biden. It's not possible. It's simply not possible. And so actually, I don't care for this Corinne. I never have. Her ding battery is second to none. But that said, this isn't her fault. She doesn't know what to say because they're working for Joe Biden. The lawyers don't know what to say. Nobody knows what to say. They don't know if the guy's a colonoscopy. Maybe they'll find a document in there. Right, Mr. Producer? Who knows? So what is she supposed to say? The president of the United States, Biden, is a coward for all this tough talk. You know what really bugs me? Shut up, you idiot. You bug all of us. What really bugs you? Tell us. Tell us, Mr. Tough Guy. What really bugs us as you're walking into walls? He wants a second term, don't you know? But he just said he has no apologies for the way he handled the documents. No apologies? He broke the law. How come the legal analysts out there aren't just saying it in black and white like they were trying to say to Trump when Trump, they'd have a defense, of course, among others, his ability to declassify. Well, did he and when did he and how did he? And now they actually have morons out there saying the vice president has the same power. No, he doesn't. Well, Obama issued an executive order in 2009. I've already discussed that. It has nothing to do with this. Obama's executive order cannot confer constitutional authority on another person, in this case the vice president, to classify and declassify at will. And that executive order doesn't do it. It's very long. But even if it did, an executive order doesn't trump the Constitution. Talks about people who have classified documents and have the authority to do that under statutory law can declassify documents and so forth. But the vice president doesn't have the power, the plenary power, the plenary constitutional power to classify and declassify. So now I got to uh, argue with these moron professors. Cherry-picked idiots. But that's the way it is. He says he has no regrets. Biden has no regrets, America. No regrets. Yeah, well, we do. You're an embarrassment. And rather than focusing on this Corinne, and we like to have fun with Corinne, we've played the montages too, because she is an idiot. But that's beside the point. The Attorney General of the United States is the most corrupt official after Joe Biden. He is corrupt up and down, bottom up, middle out, north, south, east, west. This guy is corrupt as hell. He is a complete political hack. And I'm going to talk about this on Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin. I have an idea on what to do about that. Impeachment won't work, even if they were to impeach him in the House. What do you think they'll do in the Senate? You'll have all the... uh, 
all the Democrat drones in there. And, uh, what are you, uh, we're busy. We need to deal with, you know, how about the border? No. Inflation? No. We need to spend more and redistribute more wealth. And then you'll have the 18 liberal Republicans, really neo-Democrats, if not outright Democrats, dressed up as Republicans. They're not going to vote to remove this moron, and he needs to be removed. And I have an idea. No, not that one. I have an idea. And I'm going to talk about it on Sunday. See what you think. See what you think, Mr. Producer. This can't keep going on like this. And so we need to have some bold ideas and some bold solutions. We must. But this is going to continue. Now, Christopher Ray is a nebbish. What's a nebbish? Look it up. It's Yiddish. He's a nebbish. <laughs> Something like that. He's the director of the Stasi. And man, he's throwing the book at American citizens who are sitting in jail cells. Many of them haven't had trials yet. Almost doesn't matter given the jury pool and given the, the judges involved. Damn near every one of them sucks. That's right, I said it! So he's at the World Economic Forum. This is an amazing thing. Is there anybody left at the senior level of government who's not at the World Economic Forum? I'm just curious. America's economy is going to hell. They're at the World Economic Forum having fixed America, quote-unquote. Now they're going to fix the world. Oh, good. And we have the likes of mashed potato face over there. John Kerry. And Al Gore. You got Al Gore, you got John Kerry, and then you have Biden over there in California. They all sound alike. Their best days are beyond them. And here's the funny thing, they never had best days. But Chris Ray's over there. He's done such a fantastic job hunting down communist Chinese spies. Fantastic. He's done a great job on the border where his commander-in-chief has let criminal after criminal come over, this, over the border into this country. Fentanyl and all the rest. What a great guy. This is Chris Ray. And then when there's a hearing, would you speak up, you moron? Uh, I can't get into that. There's, it's methods and, you know, it's methods. He won't tell them anything. He is the Corinne Jean-Pierre of the uh, FBI. This whole administration is, is in cover-up mode. So here he is at the World Economic Forum today. He's concerned about the communist Chinese. But what's their biggest investigation at the FBI and the Department of Justice? American citizens. We're rounding them up wherever we can find them. Sending in SWAT teams, dragging them into Washington, baby. Parading. And trespassing, parading and trespassing. We've got at least 500 more cases. We got them. They're going to have 1,500 people in jail. How many do they put in jail who were attacking the White House when Trump had to go to the nuclear bunker? Do you know? How come they don't keep tabs on that and tell the American people? 
here he is, Chris Ray. Cut six, go. When it comes to AI, uh, you know, I'm, I am and we are deeply concerned, for example, uh, about the Chinese government's uh, AI program, uh, which doesn't share the values, I think, reflected up here on this panel or in this room. Uh, you know, the okay, Chinese wait, wait, wait. How did this guy ever get this job? Everybody's fallen asleep in the audience. You know, the communist Chinese. Uh, then ask him about January 6th. We're applying every resource we can, boy. We're rounding up. You know why? It's so much harder to fight the communist Chinese. You know, they don't share our vice. Really, Chris? I know. You know, you are the sharpest knife in the drawer. You really are. You are the brightest bulb in the chandelier. I, I don't care what anybody says. Go ahead. Bigger hacking program than any other nation in the world uh, and their AI program is not constrained by the rule of law uh, is built on top of well ours barely is and we have all these releases of information I don't care what anybody says about Elon Musk I consider that man a hero he lost tens of billions of dollars buying Twitter he's being sued constantly his businesses are under investigation by the feds. He's mocked and attacked. He didn't need to do any of this. This is a billionaire who puts his money where his mouth is. And those who criticize him, they haven't done a damn thing for this country. I'm a fan of this guy. I really am. I don't know what he thinks about everything. I don't care what he thinks about everything. I think he's a great hero. I really do. Go ahead. Of intellectual property uh, and sensitive data that they've stolen over the years uh, and will be used uh, unless checked uh, to advance that same hacking program. And how, and, and, uh, and how do we check it, Chris? They're stealing it right now under your watch. Aren't you the head of the FBI, Chris? You really think you should be applying most of your resources to chasing down Americans, Chris? Really? And all the time your agents have to be meeting with Twitter and Facebook and Google executives. Doesn't that concern you, Chris, at all? Chris, are you on something? What's going on with you, Chris? Hmm? What's, what, what's up, bro? Cut seven, go. We getting better at anticipating these threats or are they multiplying? And how do we think about ensuring that security in the future? Yes. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think on the one hand, the, the yes, attack surface. Much, much better, much better. We just don't have enough resources. We're busy chasing down, monitoring and harassing pro-lifers and parents. You know, we're doing our best to balance all the <laughs> I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter Wireless. We have a uh, CNN reporter by the name of Katie Bo Lillis. Is that a guy's name? Anyway, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. Most of the time, these classified document issues, they're accidental. So she's defending Biden. She's defending Biden. And uh, you'll still see a significant portion of the media will defend Biden. There is a theory out there that everybody wants him to go so they can get somebody new in there. Uh, I think it could transition. May I use that word? It could transition to Plan B. I don't think Plan A, which is kind of backfiring, was to get this stuff out after an initial cover-up for a couple of months, 63 days. That's why there was a leak to CBS two Mondays ago. Than the NBC two Tuesdays ago. Uh, but I even think the people who were placing the leaks had no idea that Joe Biden was hoarding, uh, was hoarding uh, documents like a hamster hoards. Uh, wow, what are they shoving their face there? Nuts. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter Wireless. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. We're going to have on the program, Donald Trump Jr. is asked to come on. He will be on next hour. He's a friend of ours. I'd like to bring uh, Governor DeSantis on, but apparently I've lost his number, Mr. Producer. Because I can't find it. I can't get through. 
They used to have his direct line. Hmm. Very strange. Because I dialed what I thought was his direct line, and it, it cut me off. Cut me off. Governor wouldn't cut me off. No way. Uh, but it's not working. I'll say that much. So I can't, I can't really, uh, can't really circle back, I guess. But we all have Don Jr. on. He's a good guy. He's a good friend. It's always, uh, I haven't talked to him in a while. So the Supreme Court cannot find the leaker. Supreme Court can't find the leaker. Let me tell you something. The Supreme Court wanted to find the leaker. There are government entities as well as private sector entities that could have found the leaker. John Roberts didn't want to find the leaker. Or maybe he did find the leaker. Maybe it was one of the left-wing justices. And he didn't want to have an impeachment proceeding. He didn't want the, the court to be in any more controversy or turmoil. I'm leaning towards the latter. The idea that he didn't bring in anybody from the outside or any other government agencies because the court needed to do it on its own is so idiotic. It's so preposterous. How hard can it be? They hired it narrowed down to about 80 individuals. How hard could it be? I want to move on to another topic, which is pharmaceutical companies. Many of you may not agree with me on this. But I get a little concerned when so-called conservatives talk like Marxists and just keep trashing pharmaceutical companies as a group. Trash them for what? Trash which ones? When you go to the drugstore to get a prescription filled, where do you think those come from? When you're lying on a hospital bed and maybe you're receiving an infusion or something, where do you think that stuff comes from? It's like private sector businesses that that build our jets and our armaments and our, our weaponry for our soldiers. We're supposed to hate them too. Oh, that's the military-industrial complex. No, no, these are, these are patriotic companies. So now we're supposed to hate pharmaceutical companies. Over vaccines, perhaps. But what about the good things that they do? Did you know there was a tremendous discovery? It's going to be available to Alzheimer's patients in about a month? After the spending of tens of billions and billions of dollars, they made some, some breakthroughs? How come they're not applauded for this? And not just not applauded for it, how many efforts they made and how many failures as a result. Nobody does a documentary on that. Nobody does a story on that. Look at the progress that's being made in cancer. Not enough, not fast enough. I just lost both of my parents to cancer. It's a horrible thing. A few years back. 
nonetheless, there's been a lot of progress made. Where do you think that comes from? You think it comes from government? You think it comes from TV hosts and radio hosts? Big Pharma. Big oil. Big food. We sound like them. We sound like the Marxists. We're attacking our own private sector. Now, it's one thing if you have companies... If you have companies, they're advancing the Marxist agenda with the wokeism and all the other uh, ESG and the other. That, that's different. One company at a time. But they're not all doing that. Too many are. But we actually have patriotic companies, too. You talk about the vaccines. They were asked to produce the vaccines by President Trump. And then later, Joe Biden. They were asked to produce them as fast as they could. They were asked to produce them so they can get them out in the market faster than normal. That's what they did. Where I disagree with Fauci and the rest is you shouldn't compel people to use them. No, you shouldn't. They weren't tested like the polio vaccine and these other vaccines. And since when do you have to take a vaccine two, three times a year? It's like, a, it's like the flu shot. Vaccines you should be taking once, maybe twice. That's it. But apparently not. Over and over and over again. I took it twice. I'm never doing it again. I had the J&J and then I had a booster. Then I got COVID twice. I'm not hot on them. But that's me. That's me. But all that aside, let's not join the mob, folks. We can have disputes, obviously, with these different entities, specifically, one or another and so forth and so on. But let's not trash the private sector and capitalism just willy-nilly like the left because they do it because they want the government to step in. Well, the government did when it came to vaccines. And the government was imposing its will, particularly in the blue states. And Biden's still trying to find some legal loophole where he can impose it on all of us, which is outrageous. Which is outrageous. But if we have... Drugs that one day might eliminate dementia or Alzheimer's. That if we have drugs that can allow somebody with severe heart disease to live an extra four, five, ten years, if we have drugs that are much better at fighting cancer than they were five years ago, shouldn't we thank them? Shouldn't we thank them? The hundreds, the thousands of people that work at these companies, the scientists, the people who put on the lab coats and do all the hard work, shouldn't we thank them? What are their names? What are their names? Rather than the big pharma, or the men and the women who produce oil and natural gas. And coal, and go into the coal mines. Big oil, big oil. Or the men and women who work the farms and the livestock. 
to feed this country since most of us don't even know how to feed ourselves. Oh, big, big egg, big egg, big farm, big farm. No, the problem is big government. Don't join the mob. Don't be part of the mob. When we come back, I have a little treat for you, by the way. Ooh, it's a little treat, right, Mr. Beducer? It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Grabian is a great site. They put together a montage called Meet President George Santos. Meet President George Santos. So let's meet him. Cut 15, go. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home. I was in the, foot, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I've written extensively as a... When I was a law professor, I went to law school on a full academic scholarship. The only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. I was appointed to the academy in 1965. I didn't come to the academy because I wanted to be a football star. And you had a guy named Starback and Bellino here. So I went to Delaware. I got started out of an HBCU, Delaware State. Now, I don't want to hear anything negative about Delaware State here, okay? They're, they're, they're my folks. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits. Only need 123 credits. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like. I am a hard coal miner, anthracite coal, Scranton, Pennsylvania. My dad was not a... Was he was a salesperson. He wasn't a coal miner. My great grandpa was. My first job offer, where I wanted my wife, deceased wife, and I wanted to move to Idaho because we think not a joke. It's such a beautiful, beautiful state. And I interviewed for a job with Boise Cascade. I got a commercial license because my dad used to run an automobile agency. I used to drive a tractor trailer. Oh, and, uh, awesome! And so I know a little bit about driving big trucks. It means that I've worked in the east side. I deliberately went and worked for three years to make sure I was the only guy, only white guy that worked in the east side because, you know, I wanted to understand 
I was involved in the civil rights movement, but what I want to. What did you want to understand? What I want to understand. I didn't realize, for example, as the only lifeguard in the project. Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And so he was up on the board, wouldn't listen to me. I said, hey, Esther, you, off the board, or I'll come up and drag you off. He said, I'll be waiting for you. He was waiting for three guys in straight razors. Not a joke. I used to be a lifeguard for years. And when I ran for the United States Senate, they said, well, why, why do you want a 29-year-old guy who's only been a lifeguard? Well, the truth was, I was a practicing lawyer. I'd been a public defender, and I had my own small law firm. The first frost, you know what was happening? It had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. You know how much it costs to make that insulin drug for diabetes? Cost. It was invented by a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. I spoke to him. Okay. You better have helicopters ready to take those 3,000 civilians inside the green zone where I've been seven times and shot at. Thinking of Iraq because that's where my son died. Uncle Frank fought in the Battle of the Bulge, and he won the Purple Heart, and he never received it. So he got him the Purple Heart. He had won it in the Battle of the Bulge. And I remember he came over to the house, and I came out, and he said, present it to him. Okay, we had the family there. I watched what happened when the kids from Parkland marched up to, and I, 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 I met with them, and then they went off to up on the hill when I was vice president, and they went off the hill to go into those neighborhoods. All those congressmen were like, no, I'm not here. I'm not here. I, I'm not, don't, don't tell them I'm around. God's truth, I've traveled over a million, 250,000 miles on that track. And one of the conductors I know for years walked up and grabbed, said, Joey, baby, grabbed my cheek. And not a joke. <laughs> this day, 30 years ago, Nelson Mandela walked out of prison and entered into discussions about apartheid. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. I swear to God, true story. I swear to God, true story. True story. They think I'm kidding, man. Boy, he makes George Santos... Look like uh, the most honest person ever run for office, does he? And notice how none of this is ever held against him. Oh, that's just Joe. Pathological liar. Serial liar. To this day, everything that comes out of his big mouth. About inflation and recession, about the border. Everything that comes out of his mouth. That America is a systemically white supremacist society. Destroying Title IX and girls' sports. Destroying our public schools with the propaganda of the radical left Marxists. Appointing ra radical leftists to our courts. I have a proposal for that too, by the way. And I'm going to mention it on Sunday as well. I hope you'll check in. But this makes... George Santos looked like a piper, and it's probably one of the reasons I think what Kevin McCarthy might want to say is, look, we won't seat George Santos if you unseat Joe Biden. How about that, Trey? I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Wow, it didn't take long for my colonoscopy joke to take off, Mr. Producer. Whisper down the lane. Maybe not even whisper. All right, folks, I want to talk to you about a gentleman every now and then I talk about. His name is Thomas Friedman. Thomas Friedman is, I believe the Friedmans are friends with John Roberts and his wife, which explains a lot. He is a multi-winner of writing awards as a columnist for the New York Times for a long time. He married into enormous wealth. Uh, His wife owns, and I guess he does, a large home, large track of land, seven, seven and a half acres, in one of the wealthiest areas in the country, in Maryland, outside of Washington, D.C., In the past, and I mentioned this in one of my early books, Liberty and Tyranny, he has slobbered all over and celebrated the communist regime in China. 2005, give or take, I'm doing this by memory, he was jealous of their system of government because he said they could get things done, unlike in America, which had, you know, two parties fighting with each other and things were just a little too slow for, for Tom's liking. Gridlock. So that really kind of condemns the constitutional system and separation of powers altogether. But it wasn't the only time that he praised the communist regime in China. Now, this man works for the New York Times, as did Walter Durante, as have others who have embraced these regimes these genocidal regimes. They think they're clever. They're actually dangerous. Stupid and dangerous. But they hand out Pulitzer Prizes to these guys like water, salt water taffy on the Atlantic City uh, boardwalk. And so he's at it again. The man that used to praise communist China, which is a murderous, thuggish regime, in so many respects, is condemning Israel and the new government in Israel. New York Times columnist, as they write at, uh, where is this? The Times of Israel. New York Times columnist Thomas Friedman is urging President Joe Biden to, quote, wade in, unquote, to Israel's simmering internal crisis over the future of the judicial system to save Israel from its current leadership. Friedman says an ultra-nationalist, ultra-orthodox government, ultra-nationalist, ultra-orthodox government, formed after the Netanyahu camp won election by the thinnest sliver of votes, is driving a power grab that the other half of voters view not only as corrupt, but also as threatening their own civil rights. All right, let's stop a second. Netanyahu's victory is actually, in Israeli elections, quite substantial. And he and his, and the, his Likud party and the parties he, he worked with uh, not only won a fairly substantial election, But the parties that they replaced didn't win anything. You had this guy Bennett who ran to his right, who flipped and took his five 
his five members with him. You need 120. You need, excuse me, 61 members out of 120 Knesset. It's a parliamentary system. So truly, the election was stolen from Netanyahu, if you will. And that government didn't last. And it also included, as I've told you before, the Arab parties. Not one of them supports the existence of the state of Israel. So they had to have the Arab parties in order to steal the election from Netanyahu. And by steal, I mean really steal. So Freeman doesn't mention that. And of course, he talks about the ultra-nationalists and ultra-orthodox. That's because Freeman is a secularist Jew. He's a secularist Jew. And they think practicing Judaism means showing up on the high holidays and getting grape juice and your sugar cookies after a one-hour sermon from some left-wing quasi-rabbi. That's what he thinks. I gave that up a long time ago. It's a joke. But you see, the Orthodox Jews in Israel shouldn't have representation. But the Arabs who oppose the existence of Israel did and should. And they do, by the way, but you understand my point. Friedman argues that the Israel Joe Biden, who is vanishing under a government hostile to American values, he adds that the outcome of the current situation has direct implications for U.S. national security entrance, and he goes on. So what he's doing is he is trying to persuade Biden and his Obama holdovers, many of whom are anti-Israel and Jew haters, to put the screws to Israel. In other words, Thomas Friedman is a special pleader for the Palestinians and the hard left in Israel using the pages of the New York Times. Now, what is the irony of the New York Times and Thomas Friedman? You see, the New York Times, collectively, they have blood on their hands. As others have written, including an aide to Joe Biden, by the way. The New York Times helped cover up the Holocaust as it was happening. Let me ask you folks a question, Jew or non-Jew or whatever you, you may be. Would you want to work for a company like that? Would you want to be a grifter who would take a penny from a corporation like that? And yet Thomas Friedman is now lecturing the state of Israel, which came to be really after World War II and the Holocaust, while his employer tried to cover it up. And his employer is constantly taking the opposite side. Whether it's Hamas shooting missiles into Israel or Abbas rewarding terrorists with pensions. Depending on how many Jews they kill, the bigger the pension. And if they're killed, well, of course, their families get the pension. They're terrorists. Both of the occupiers in Gaza Strip and elsewhere. That's right, they're the occupiers. They're terrorists. Says, I have no illusions that Biden can reverse the most extreme trends emerging in Israel today, but he can nudge things onto a healthier path. And what exactly is he upset about, America? What exactly is he upset about? What's happened in Israel over the last 20-some years 
is their Supreme Court. I think there's like 15 members, particularly when it was led by a guy by the name of Barack, B-A-R-A-K, coincidentally. Their Supreme Court conducts itself like a Soviet-slash-Marxist Politburo. They have no constitution there. They have what's called basic laws. And the Supreme Court decides willy-nilly what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. It is a radical left enterprise that just keeps reinforcing itself. The court itself has the power to influence appointments when there are vacancies on the court. Imagine that. The legal community basically has to uh, daven in front of the Supreme Court. Those are their gods. The prosecutors are set up in a way in Israel where they too are basically, basically serving the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, in other words, has seized powers that we could never even imagine, even in our country, the courts having. So Netanyahu and his party and other parties said, we got to put an end to this. We need to reform this. And that's what they're going to do. And so the oligarchs of the legal system over there are rising up. They're trying to create violent riots. Their media are trying to create violent riots. They've gone international trying to persuade leftists in Europe and leftists in America like Thomas Friedman that they need help. They have to stand firm and save what's left of their democracy from former Chief Justice Barack, from the other Supreme Court justices in the other courts, from their bars, their, law, their lawyers, their prosecutors, because they're completely and utterly out of control, and Israel has all but ceased to become a parliamentary democracy. More like a, a nation of people where elections don't matter, and a small handful of self-appointed oligarchs rule over the country. Remember, Jefferson said you could have tyranny of the legislature. Here you have in Israel tyranny of the judiciary. And you have a prime minister and associated parties of the guts to take their liberty back. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Donald Trump Jr. Don, it's been a long time since we've talked, period. How are you? I'm doing well, buddy. Good to be back with you. It's good to be back. Are you uh, north or south right now, may I ask? I'm actually in North Carolina, uh, a political event, uh, just, just working, making sure we stay in this fight, buddy. All right. Very, very good. You work hard at this. People may not realize it nationwide, but you do. All right. So we have Joe Biden, who said today he has no regrets about his documents. The FBI has treated him uh, like Hillary Clinton. And they've treated the former president quite differently. What do you make of all this? Well, I, I think it just shows the hypocrisy that's continually jammed down our throats, Mark. When you see what's going on right now, what are we at? The fifth 
batch classified documents uh, in the house that was, I guess, rented by Hunter Biden with his Chinese Communist Party connections, with Crane connections, with his Russian connections. He's renting a house in Delaware for $50,000 a month from his dad. I mean, that's definitely not 10% for the big guy, right? That definitely <laughs> doesn't reek of corruption. And then, no, but in all fairness, Mark, imagine if it was me. What would they be saying? I did a search on Compass, the real estate website, to find out what's the most expensive home in Wilmington, paying for $4,500 a month. That's the best thing. You think Hunter's renting for fifty grand, and it's not corruption? You think that's not the kickback? You think that's not the 10%? It's absolutely disgusting. So now he had access to the classified documents. You have the ones at the Penn Center. The Penn Center didn't just magically show up the day after Joe Biden stopped being vice president. It took a while to establish and build, and the Chinese Communist Party funded that to the tune of $54 million. And those documents are just lying around there. Joe Biden got, had the gall to go on TV and talk about how irresponsible, yada, yada, yada. The Mar-a-Lago documents, it was known by the National Archives. It was at Trump's personal residence. It was under lock and key, and it was guarded by the United States Secret Service. And as president, he had the ability to actually declassify those documents. Joe Biden didn't do and or couldn't do. And they have the gall to go out there and do their whataboutism and tell you how much different it is. It's absolutely disgusting, and it shows you there's no equal justice under the law. 100 percent right. In fact, I would argue the Biden situation is much worse. He had the documents for six years. He had them in different locations. He hasn't been forthcoming at all. Your father knew where they were. The FBI came in. They knew where they were. They said throw another lock on the door, which he did. You're exactly right. Anybody who's been lucky enough to go to Mar-a-Lago, that place is a fort. You can't get the hell in and out of there without permission, period. It's not, you know, we're roaming around in a phony think tank or I got my documents or next to a Corvette or anything of the kind. And what do you make of the fact, Don, that uh, they appointed independent, uh, a special prosecutor to go after your father? Well, has all the uh, all the characteristics of a hitman, you know, a political hitman. And then they appoint this other guy uh, for Biden and they only appoint uh, this one for Biden after 60 some days where they covered it up as long as they possibly could. Yeah. Well, the, the, the most disgusting aspect of it, which reeks of the policy, is they waited till after the election. They knew they knew it was before the midterms. They had the basics of this information and then they wait and then they they appoint someone who absolutely hates Trump to go after Trump and they appoint a never Trumper to look at Biden. I mean, we all know going and it's going nowhere. It's just like the Dungeon today, where magically, you know, they appoint someone from, you know, the security guard at the Supreme Court to look into the Magically, they can't find out where it was. If it was a conservative leak that benefited a conservative cause weaponized against the American people right before an election, someone would be in jail by now. But now magically, they can't do it. It's hard, Mark, to have any trust in these systems anymore. You know, the media covers it up. The everyone's on the payroll of the Democrat Party, it seems. The only people that they just look at where we are now versus where we were under Trump, even in the midst of a pandemic, it's not even close. And yet, as long as the Washington, D.C. elite can get rich, as long as we can keep fueling these wars. And you've heard all the commentary about how we need to be engaging now today at Davos, all the billionaires preaching about climate change, flying on their private jets 
burning up a carbon footprint like no human being on Earth has ever done before, telling you, the American people, you can't have a gas-burning stove. But, you know, the rules are never really going to affect them, Mark, so we'll just keep going this way. It's absolutely disgusting. And I just hope that there's a point where I hope it's extreme enough that regular people that aren't consuming this stuff like you and I do on a daily basis are realizing just how flagrant it is. They don't care. They're throwing it in our faces, and they're laughing. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. Do you think the Republican Party has learned anything from these elections, you know, 2020, 2022, on how to deal with the Democrats and their lawyers and the changing the rules and early voting and all the rest? Because to me, until they figure out what's going on and actually do something about it, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I actually don't think so, Mark, because the reality is in in politics, there's no consequence for the Republicans to lose. If you're a weak Republican in Washington, D.C., it's actually a much easier existence uh, than it is to fight. I mean, you know, for me, uh, I've done pretty well in that space in politics. I was a real estate guy from New York City. The difference is I had the ability to fight, the willingness to fight. It's it's why guys, you know, Chris Pawlowski at Rumble started like, hey, will you do a podcast and talk about these things? Because the people, you're an exception because you actually get out there and fight. But so few on our side are willing to fight. So and people are coming to me, hey, do a podcast and tell the American people about what's actually going on. So I shouldn't have to fill that void. Right. I was a real estate guy with no experience in politics. I had my beliefs. I had a system of beliefs. I'm willing to fight and engage. And like, that's enough. And that shouldn't be the case. We should have a bench of people on our side that are willing to do that. But in D.C., again, you know, you'll get rich, you get on a board, if you shut up when it really matters, you know, who cares if you're letting down your constituents that, that vote for you? That doesn't mean right, anything. I, you know, I we'll want to hold you, you. Don't worry. I want to hold you over the break. And I want to mention this podcast when we come back. All right. Don't hang up. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. We're back with uh, Donald Trump Jr. 
Now, Don, I heard you mention a podcast. Tell us about that. Well, uh, you know, I've been a big believer in the free speech movement, someone who's been an early adapter in a lot of those concepts. And uh, the guys at Rumble asked me if I would do something law enforcement by the second verified user on that platform. It's like, but without the censorship, without the, if you're a conservative, we're going to crush your reach, or you're going to wake up one morning and be totally demonetized or deplatformed. And so they asked if me being one of those guys is just willing to say the things that need to be said, call out the nonsense if I would do something. So twice a week, uh, I'm going to do a podcast. There's an interactive component where people can ask questions and go because I am a believer in free speech. And I'm also a believer that the free speech in America, as we know it, is totally at risk right now. I think anyone who's been paying attention for the last year probably sees what's at stake. And so, uh, you know, while, you know, perhaps that's not my day job, I think uh, I've been a fighter in that field as you have, Mark, and you've done an awesome job. And, uh, even in some of the big corporate where, you know, they haven't necessarily been pro that you've been willing to take that on. It's just it's awesome to see. We just need more Americans to be willing to do that. And if I'm willing to take the heat for it, uh, I'm glad to be a part of that movement. And so I'm just really excited about it. Going to have some fun with it and, and make sure that people see what's going on. I, I've had a, uh, a fly on a wall uh, type of view of America, of government. I've had 50 hours of congressional testimony for treason for stuff that was nonsense. So we all now know it's a lie. And I'm looking at Hunter Biden with the crack and the prostitutes and China and Ukraine and Russia and documents and uh, acts of the garage and $50,000 renting a million dollar home, which would be one of the great real estate deals of all time, Mark. I can't believe yeah. I missed this uh, in my former career. I didn't realize Wilmington, yeah. Delaware was such a real estate asset where your rental income could pay for your property in one year. That's truly spectacular, yes. but yes. maybe I just wasn't that good at real estate. Um, so I, I'm just excited to do something at it, you know, continue to be a leader in the fight. Uh, I believe in this stuff. I have five young kids that I want to, you know, really leave a country that we recognize. And I, I truly believe that's at risk. And while it would have been much easier to shut up, uh, be a real estate from New York City, uh, don't buck the system, call people out. Uh, there's just far too much at stake. And so, uh, you know, we, we got to be a part of that. And Rumble is quite the enterprise, isn't it? Mr. Bidouza, we're on Rumble, right? I'm talking about uh, social media. What is it? At Mark Levin Show. Well, so you we know, post it's, over it's basically, there. Yeah, you guys do a great job on there. And it's, you know, it's YouTube that you can worry, not have to worry about being censored in the morning, right? It's, it's got a very large platform, multi, millions and millions of users, probably comparable to Twitter in size of users. And, you know, YouTube is obviously the big juggernaut out there, but YouTube is just incredibly uh, bad at censoring anything that doesn't fit that narrative. Uh, certainly in conservatives, we've all seen someone that's been uh, deplatformed, demonetized, and so Rumble was the one social media platform that didn't throw Donald Trump off uh, back in the day. I was one of the early users on the platform, and I want to make sure, and I think we all do, we have a responsibility as Americans to make sure people are go against that grain, that are willing to go against the Democrat talking points and the leftist narrative. Um, and, and make sure that we preserve that free speech. It's so important. So I was happy to, to do this with them. And so, yeah, check it out on, you know, just uh, sign up to follow me on Rumble. Uh, I think you'll like it. We'll have some fun in the process, but follow you there. Follow, follow other people. Uh, I think what we've seen, Mark, is that, you know, while the others pretend they're for all these things and liberty and freedom, they're for it until you go against the grain, even a little bit. We've even seen them mm -hmm. cancel people that are, uh, would be otherwise considered very left-wing 
uh, for going against one single talking point. They're 99% of the way there, but they're not 100, so they're just done. Uh, they're out of the movement. Uh, that doesn't work. I mean, we're truly becoming communist China right now. And so we, we have an obligation as freedom-loving Americans to support those businesses and help those businesses and, frankly, ignore those businesses that are doing the opposite, uh, promoting freedom. And I think we're actually at a precipice. And I, for me, as a business guy, I'm seeing so many of these guys that are now finally willing to say, you know what, I'm no longer turning the other cheek. I'm not going to support the businesses that if they had their way, they would put us in the gulags. And that's evidenced by, look what's happened at Disney stock. It's down 50%. Netflix, people are over it. They've seen what they've done. And for the first time in a long time, conservatives are actually pushing back. They're voting with their wallets. They're voting with their presence. They're voting with their views and saying, you know what? These guys hate my guts and I'm no longer turning the other cheek. So that's where we actually need to be. So I'm just really psyched to be uh, supporting a company that went all in on that movement, that didn't buy into the narrative, they didn't take the easy way, they chose to fight, uh, because I think that's where we all need to be right now. And you also founded a publishing company, didn't you? I did. Uh, I did. It was, it was, uh, I did that with our friend Sergio uh, during the pandemic. Uh, you know, I noticed I, I put out a New York Times number one bestseller, uh, and I came back after that, and was going to put out a second book and I started looking at the numbers that they were giving me. I'm like, wait a second. Now I'm a proven author. I know I can sell books. I, well, they wanted to control a narrative and they wanted to change the way I said things. And they wanted to say, well, that's too hard. You can't say this. And I wasn't saying anything that was all that far out there. And so, uh, this was mainstream conservative thought. I saw congressmen and senators that literally had book contracts signed, but canceled because they were pushing mainstream conservative content. So, uh, we founded a winning team publishing. We published my book. It turned it into a bestseller. The New York Times wouldn't look at it, even though I would have been a bestseller there. They wouldn't even acknowledge it, even though I was Amazon number one. I was Barnes & Noble number one. I was Books A Million number one. Uh, that's the fight we're in. These people, if, if you even make a dent in there, they don't, you don't even exist uh, in their minds. And so for us, uh, we wanted to make sure uh, that in a very liberal world of publishing, that people had an outlet uh, to be able to come and say what they're actually thinking. Again, it, it's, it's hard to believe that in America in 2023 that a guy like me, a real estate developer from, from New York City, has to be someone trying to actively preserve free speech in this country. Uh, mm-hmm. But that shows you just how bad it's gotten. And you, you can look at the examples. There, there are countless of them uh, on a day-to-day basis that says we have to engage in this battle and we cannot lose. All right, my brother, keep up the fight. That's Don Jr. He's in North Carolina for some reason, working on politics, and uh, has this great uh, podcast coming, and uh, is publishing for him. But you, you don't let grass grow under your feet, do you? No, we, we, we keep busy, but again, it's, it, it's all worth it. And for me, it's honestly just been an honor to, to be part of that fight. I think I got maybe the... The Trump fight gene, uh, luckily, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or exactly. maybe unluckily, depending on how you want to look at it. I mean, like I said, it'd be a lot easier to be quiet and, and go away in the darkness. But uh, since I don't get the Hunter Biden treatment, I guess I got to fight back. All right, my friend. Be safe and take care of yourself. Thanks so much, Mark. Have a good one. All right, you too. It's a really nice guy. Good guy. All right, Mr. Producer. To whom shall I speak? Yes. Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Alex, go right ahead, please. 
<laughs> hey, Mark, thanks for taking the call. I wanted to comment about this thing that the FBI is not getting involved in the search when it comes to the Biden documents, these classified documents, because I'm really glad that they're staying out of this. I don't trust the FBI. They covered up for Joe Biden when it came to the Hunter Biden laptop. They colluded with big tech to cover up that story and say it's Russian but disinformation. Here's, here's the problem. I get your point, and it's actually a very good point. The problem is, do you trust his private lawyers? I think they're less biased than is the FBI. No, I don't think so. And the problem is, you can't hold the FBI and the Attorney General accountable if they're not going to actually get involved and do the search. And they should have gotten involved and done the search, whether we trust them or not, because that's the process they're supposed to follow, Alex. So why didn't they follow it? Let me try it this way. If they were going to destroy things and cover up, why didn't they go in there and do it? Right, because in this case, no, no, I get exactly what you're saying. You're, you're right. We, um, they should have gone in, but uh, they're not. They're so not they sit up. back, they sit back, they covered it up. That's why they covered it up. They wanted to hide it. And then the Republicans take over, and then I have this interview with Comer, other than this audience and one or two other people, people aren't understanding this. That Sunday interview with Comer was crucial. When I, I, I it was just a question, I asked him about the National Archives. I had no idea. And that all these presidents and vice presidents, the other, they all have documents. And I don't think it's a surprise that uh, the next evening they leaked the information to CBS. I don't think they knew all the information they had because Biden's an idiot and they hadn't gotten all the stuff. In fact, they were finding documents uh, right up until January 12th and then beyond the following Saturday. 100%. Alex, brother, thank you for your call, my friend. Perry, Phoenix, Arizona, Sirius Satellite, go right ahead. Hello, Mark. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. It makes me feel so good to be able to thank you for everything you do. Uh, I checked the box from my bucket list just now. And can I, well, before I ask you. my question, can I just say that I've, I've read just about all of your books, and anyone who hasn't read Saving Sprite, if they want to see a dimension, a side of you that doesn't necessarily come out over the air, I would recommend it. Well, you're very kind. Thank you. So now my question. Yes, sir. Mark, I am an Ameri I'm an American Jew. Right. I, I keep up with the politics in Israel. I'm concerned about it. And uh, tonight I heard you inform me on things that I didn't really know. So my question to you, please, is do you have any thoughts on how Netanyahu will be able to keep the Israeli press honest in a check? Nobody can keep their press honest. Our press is a disaster. Their press is twice as bad as our press. There is no Fox News equivalent. There is no you know, long list of conservative talk radio hosts there. The government owns all these outlets and so forth, and it's a problem. And that's why I talk about it sometimes. Apparently, we have a very large listenership uh, on this broadcast all over the world, including in the uh, state of Israel. And uh, that's why I talk about it. But Likud and the other parties should full steam ahead. They need to understand... That it's one thing to have an ally like a, supposedly a Biden and these European countries. But in the end, 
they're going to have to rely on themselves. And they're going to have to rely on their own faith. They're going to have to rely on their own people. They can't worry about what columnists say in the United States, what heads of states say in Europe, and so forth and so on. Because if they listen to Biden, they listen to Thomas Friedman, and they listen to the others, they will cease to exist. They listen to John Kerry, they will cease to exist as a Jewish state. John Kerry's a nut. So uh, that's my thinking on this, Perry. Thanks so much for your call, my friend. I really appreciate it. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's take a few calls. I think we shall. Let's go to David, Los Angeles, 870 The Answer, the great KRLA, where we are live and national. Go! Hi, Go. Mr. Levin. Uh, I'm you too, and you had claimed that the Biden administration was full of Jew haters, but most of his cabinet is Jewish, like his secretary of well, most of his cabinet is not Jewish. Some prominent members are Jewish. The Attorney General, the Secretary of State. So what? And it's Treasury. Have you never heard of self-hating Jews? Look, the Democrats have a problem, and I'm sure you're one of them. So it's okay. Uh, we support Israel and the Jewish community. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's just wonderful. Except, let me guess, you want a two-state solution. No matter what, you no want a two-state solution. Even if they sell nuclear secrets to the South Africans. Oh, uh, here we go. Here we go. Get off my phone, you jerk! How about that? Nuclear secrets to the South Africa. There is no allegation. No allegation that goes unmade. It's just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. I could smell that rat fink from a mile away. But I, I felt like taking him to get it out of my system. I hope you don't mind. Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. We have one minute. Jimmy, go. How'd you Mark, like you that guy, out, Jimmy? Uh, uh, the guy sounds like he's um, imbibing the communist press a little too much. Yeah, Mikhail Gorbachev so. made a speech. Mikhail Gorbachev made a speech, 1992, Westminster College, Fulton, Missouri. You got to check out the speech. He talked for a global tax, and he called for a new world order. And he says what's coming is bigger than any previous stage of development. That means bigger than the communist movement. And now we see. You've got the world communist. You've got all the variants of it. And you've got the Jimmy, I got a role. I think you made your point beautifully, my friend, and I want to thank you. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. I want to thank the truck drivers, the men and women in Taiwan and Ukraine. We're thinking about you here. Gee, I never heard that one before, Mr. Producer. And we salute all you heroes. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.